I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. All right, here we are. It's been a while since we've talked TV, but we're going to talk some TV tonight. Yeah, I think our last one was Bridgerton, which was January of 2021. Now we're in January of 2022. (laughs) And it is time to talk Wheel of Time. Okay. So for those of you in the know, who are not in the know, the Wheel of Time is a fantasy, a high fantasy series that I would liken to, I mean, maybe... Like Lord of the Rings level, kind of Brandon Sanderson ish. I mean, it's really, really fantasy um, series. It came out throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. There are 14 books. Um, my dad and my brother are super fans. Um, and I started reading them last fall and fell head over heels in love. I really am enjoying them. I've read five books so far. I took a little hiatus because I really needed to step out of that world and into the rest of the books for this podcast, actually. They are incredibly long books. They're incredibly detailed. And they are known for amazing female characters, which is why I love them so much. Okay, what originally uh, made you come back to these books? I know you said that you were kind of introduced to them before and you're just like not interested. Was it the show? Uh, yeah. yeah. This, so Amazon Prime picked up The Wheel of Time a few years ago. They made this first season and I think they've been greenlit for a few seasons and they threw a lot of money at it. So I knew that I would like the premise. I last tried to read these books when I was in probably 11th grade because in my AP literature class, everybody got real obsessed. I think that was around the time that the last couple of books were coming out. Um, Robert Jordan, the writer, actually died uh, fairly young um, before he could finish. However, he left copious amounts of notes and Brandon Sanderson came along, finished the series, and was, like, very highly praised for the good work that he did wrapping it up. So, anyway, there were so many people around me reading them. I tried to read it, and I just, it just did not hit for me at all. And to be honest with you, this first series, uh, the show and the book, I have described as a three-star book. That starts a five-star series. Um, There's a lot of tropes that happen in this book. It is good. Don't get me wrong. Maybe like three and a half star book. It's just there's a lot of stuff that when you read it, you're like, huh, this feels like Tolkien ripped off. Or this feels like it's good, but not like insanely exciting. But as the story goes on, it just becomes... A total world of its own and it has a very unique magic structure and um the the characters are very unique and the writing style is really cool it's way different than tolkien so yeah so what is i feel like the hardest thing of all time you're talking about how 
detailed and in-depth in 14 um, books. Mm -hmm. And then Amazon has to try their best to condense down the first book. I I think I sent you a text while we were watching it. So, and I was just like trying to imagine being a writer in the writer's room and like having this like insane, you know, years long like of plot. And, And what's so hard, this book too, it centers around so many characters. So each one's going to have their own story arc. And it's like, okay, how do we prioritize in, you know, they've got eight one hour episodes. How do we like make this as impactful for future seasons as possible? Plus the show, I mean, deeply leans into the ensemble. They really want you to care equally about all of these people in the show. Um, there's like a key difference in the show and in the movie or in the book, I should say, in that the the storyline really centers uh, around the rebirth of the dragon, um, who is like a pivotal character. And in the book series, you know, like pretty much from the drop who the dragon is and they try and keep that really secret in the show until like, I think the penultimate episode, um, and so you're really more focused on the ensemble. I mean, the books are um, set up that you get lots of different perspectives. Like you'll get several, you know, you'll get a chapter from Rand and then you'll get a chapter from Nynaeve's perspective. And I love those kind of books. Um, so there's definitely ensemble there, but it's even more so in the, in the TV series. Okay. I, as a person that has not read the book, but watch the show. I'm, I'm trying to think. Was this be spoilery? Maybe we should go into stars and then <laughs> yeah. go into everything else. Yeah. Okay. I I know your yours is going to be lower than mine. What is yours? Oh, I would give it a three as a as a TV series. A three. I'm going to go at least four. Um, maybe even dare I say 4.5 only because this is like the first series um, pretty much since Shadow and Bone which came out in like June on Netflix that really like every single week I was looking forward to Thursday nights it was like me and Graham like watching it was there's hokiness going on I (laughs) at times felt a bit um, quite a bit underwhelmed by the like CGI kind of like the powers Mm -hmm. I felt like they didn't encapsulate it very well but at the same time I really like the show I really like the characters um and I I enjoyed it it was it was just it was fun to watch it was it was not a 4.5 for the for the graphics for the cinematography but I for the storyline I would I would say I really enjoyed it and this show has gotten like fairly I mean it's gotten amazing ratings and it's gotten pretty good like feedback from people who are maybe not fans of the book these (laughs) i found it to be kind of chintzy um like it looked cheaper than i thought it would because they put millions of dollars into the show i absolutely agree and that was very shocking to me because it it talks 
you know, this was like the most, um, it said like the highest premiere, like, or what am I trying to say? It had the highest view and audience for a premiere, mm-hmm. like of, of all of Amazon. I had read like how much money they shoveled into it. And I really, at times was kind of like, like, this is the costume choice right. or like, <laughs> this is the, the backdrop. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to know where did that money go? Because I agree it was mismanaged quite a bit so my brother claims this is his like he's been a big apologist for this show where he him and my dad are actually enjoying it except he specifically hated the last episode just like i did really okay Uh, i felt like it was that was the most interesting so of course if it's true the story then (laughs) i get it but well there's and we'll get there it just really it, so just to go back to like my main star rating before I really start like nitpicking here, my issue is that I was on the other end and it might be because I am, I mean, this world is very fresh to me. I'm still deeply involved and in enjoying new stories from, you know what I mean? Like I'm not like right. an old timer fan. I'm like a brand new fan who's just like loving these books. And it, when it's fresh on your mind, it's very, <laughs> it really right. hit differently. So it's a little raw, but it's also, if I had to just pick one reason why it's only like a three to me, I was a little bored. Like I would rather read the books than watch this show. I, I told you it took me I mean, weeks to watch the last three episodes and it wasn't even me being like a, a pain in the butt. I would let's just like forget about it. Like it just was so forgettable to me. Um, I liked a lot of the casting. It just, it just was not as compelling as I wanted it to be. Um, and like, it wasn't like can't miss television to me. Okay. Is, was yeah. it the rotten? the adaptation um, I think a lot of it was like how they changed it to try and be sexier and cooler than what it really is like okay. a, a main like a highlighted trope of Wheel of Time is that Robert Jordan is kind of like a fuddy-duddy conservative dude and I don't mean like right winger i mean like like modest he's fading black yes he is he these these characters start very innocently there's almost no sex in the books there's like they say like you know like no swearing they're so clean i mean and he writes amazing like fight scenes and amazing character development even you know he doesn't need all that stuff and then they made the show so much more focused on those things and it kind of irritates me i get it they're trying to draw in a more adult audience a more sure more uh, okay are we ready for spoilers well i'll just say one more thing in that i did not i i've read one of the game of thrones books and it was a little too much for me. And then I, we tried to watch the Game of Thrones television show last year. And we got several episodes in. And I'm like, while this is great, this is way too, like, R-rated for me. And Jared agreed. It was just too, like a bridge too far. 
that said, there is like a grittiness and a reality to those shows that this show is missing. Where, like I was saying, it's just like too shiny, too, like the lighting's off or (laughs) whatever it is. But what I was going to say before is my brother claims it's because they filmed some of it during the pandemic. And so they were like scrambling to like make it work type thing. Like, oh, well, we might have to do a set this time instead of filming on location because of COVID. I don't know if that's right. true. Um, but that's what mm, he, he I got to think on, on this, whether I'm... It, because, I mean... Right, if you can actually give it a pass. If you have that much money... You know, you for rent. I mean, like I said this, but one of like the costumes. There were times where I was like, "These are the cheapest looking costumes," and that's something that you literally can put a couple hundred, you know, not even thousands more dollars in. (laughs) Use more luxurious, expensive fabrics, and it changes the way you perceive a character. But you know, anyways, it almost specifically with the costumes. It always seemed like they wanted to do like more is more. Like more layers, more shoulder pads, more jewelry. <laughs> Whereas you almost needed it less. I don't, you know, like these are like humble people to start with from a little village. They don't need all these trappings, and I don't know, just rot. Just a lot. <laughs> so there will definitely be some critique within this episode, but we will we will give it a thorough and fair brief. all these good things I will say I found it very hit or miss there were a few episodes I really enjoyed and I felt like they stayed pretty close to the book there were some things that were changed that I understood why they changed them Um, my main critique of the whole show is that they get the stakes wrong from the freaking drop like going into the show and even finishing it, you really have no clue. It it just sets it up as a very different storyline, and stakes are so different than in the in the book in the books it's themselves. Okay, with that, we're jumping to spoilers. Explain to me what you mean, because I am I'm wondering <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is I felt like they didn't explain the world well from from the beginning. Like, you don't really know who the, like, why you should care who the dragon is um, and why he's so dangerous. And also, they make a fundamental difference in that the dragon could be a male or a female. And it's very, very important that the dragon is a man. Because in the world that you're living in here, women can use this magical source and be totally fine Men, if they use it, will go psycho crazy and eventually kill everybody that they love. And like the the original dragon, like literally broke the world and put them back like thousands of years in technology and like shifted the continents and like terrible things happened. And it's because when men touch the source they are tainted by the dark one and so make like i get why they did it because it's like oh it's more intrigue but you really need this like very high high stakes of how dangerous it is dangerous it is that not only is the dragon a male but that they're going to have like it's like both their salvation and yet there could be like a huge downfall for them 
What's also interesting is like the main, like who she says it could be. There's only one woman. There's still three men. Right. So it, so there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess later it's nine eight two. Like she says, it could maybe be her. Oh, I guess that's true. But still, the the odds are leaning towards me, and it would have been very simple to to kind of keep it at at the women have power, but a different power, right? A, a less destructive. You're right. Simplified it. Okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah, right off the bat, you suddenly start seeing these women in red, and they're like killing um, the crazed men. Mm-hmm. I definitely was like, "What's going on here?" You see a um, blue Aja and her. What is it called? Her warder. Yeah, and they're coming to town. <laughs> What's the little town called? Two Rivers or something? Yes. Um, they're having like a fun little festival. Gotcha. So they come in. Um, the Warder and the Aja. What are Blue Ajas? Tell us what Blue Ajas are. Women who can channel are called Aes Sedai. That is the name of the witches or whatever you want to call them. They have a big white tower in a place called Tarvalon. That's where they like live and are trained. And think about like Hogwarts when you're learning your magic or whatever, you pick a house. And when you're um, an Aes Sedai, like Moraine is, you pick a Aja to join. And she is Blue Aja. In the books, even now, I'm five books in and I still, um, it's like a slow unveiling. I think by the fifth book, you really get an idea of like all of the Ajas. So there's not like a point in time where they're like, hey, tell me about yellow, blue, green, gray, white. Right. You know what I mean? So like slowly unfolds, which I actually really like. By the way, if you don't want to know something about Wheel of Time, like I never Google anything because you will be spoiled immediately. Oh, yes. I, I tried to look up literally one thing yes. and I immediately found out who was married to whom. Right. And this character was supposed to be dead and I was like, <laughs> Dad gummit. <laughs> so Please. yeah, I, I seriously, I go straight to my gurus who have read the books and only ask them and then they safely tell me. But like Blue Aja is like very mission oriented. They're out in the world. They are um gathering information they have their own personal cause and then they kind of focus on that cause and moraine's cause her whole adult life has been it's a secret one only really she knows about it and later you find out that she's like you know in cahoots with the omerlin seat who's the head of the Sedai. her mission is to find the dragon and to help him in any way that she can. Like, that's her obsession. She feels like no one else is going to be trustworthy to do it. Because there's so much mistrust of men who can channel. And I mean, like, yeah, I think maybe it's the opening scene. We, we see him being, like, <laughs> murdered, like, any <Right>. man. <laughs> so, we get it. I'm wondering um, if it's easiest for us to talk person instead of plot. Yeah, I think. Because we're barely t- tapping into the first, like, 20 minutes of the first episode. Well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me, like, what your favorite storyline was and then what your least favorite was, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. Least favorite was Perrin, but I felt like out of everyone, he got the least um, story arc. 
Uh-huh. Everybody else, I felt like they really went into it. Him, it like almost made like a reference what his wife's name was. I think Layla, something like that. Yeah. Um, you literally, like I said, you very quickly see her. She doesn't go to the like a gathering or something or other. And then kind of like the next thing you know, he accidentally kills her while they're like both trying to kill like the things taken, like the Trollocs that are taking over their city and like trying to, I don't know, kill them, whatever. Um, and then like, so the rest of it was pretty much like him grieving over that. And he, you kind of see, he turns into a wolf. I'm sure there's some sort of like terminology, but like, you know, he begins to have his own powers, but I felt like his was like, you would, literally see like a tiny glimpse of him and they spent so much time talking about matt and i was like if i have to hear this dope (laughs) not even dope dolt absolute dolt and he's like he's wicked but he's really a good-hearted lad he takes care of his sisters when no one else does he's just misunderstood and i was like i sorry don't care it's like weird Johnny Depp pirate vibe was Listen. killing me. <sighs> he, I, he was probably my least favorite like cast person. I don't and know if it was him or the he's character. He's been recast. He's You're been kidding. Recast. Yes, this is like Hold on, drama. Right, look, right the second. The, Why? The, the For new, that reason? I don't know. And he was recast like while they were still filming. So he must have <gasps> done screwed the pooch personally i think oh for sure oh this was good trauma yeah um the guy that they recast him with has a much more innocent look uh which is maybe how i would picture matt being you're not wrong matt is the most annoying character in the first book i could not stand him so they actually got that part kind of (laughs) right Okay, so he's just overall like an annoyance. Oh, it takes not... it takes three solid books for me to be like invested in in this man. In two for Matt specifically, like I said, Perrin. It wasn't that I even didn't like him. It was just I felt like they basically gave him no screen time. Yeah. Where Matt, every time he got screen time, it was always like him doing a wicked thing, and then it was like, but did he right. really do it? Did he real? You know? And I was like, oh, I, yeah, I don't care. It, either he's bad or he's good. Just tell me now i don't even <laughs> like this man i don't want to you know so right and in the books he's kind <sighs> of both because he definitely is like a more morally gray as they cut ca- i mean he's still good don't get me wrong but right. but he's for, the, for the books in the books like it's a huge plot point that that knife like infects him and like makes him crazy basically and that actually is something that he has to carry for like the rest of the story is that he's made that decision and taken that upon him. Um, so what was your favorite? I feel like who, well, not a couple. I really, I cannot stand myself and I hate the way that I am the romantic at heart where I was like Gwen how dare you turn down Rand how dare you Rand Um, is such a cutie in the in the show he was cute and his character was like he it 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 read very golden boy yeah but do I mind that absolutely not (laughs) So I was just like, yeah, sure. And even a Gwen, like, I get it. She wanted to, like, kind of like, explore her own power. Yeah. You know? So I got it. But I was definitely, like, I, I was rooting for them. And even, whenever they were separated with that, you know, with the city. And they're, like, there's, like, that big cavern of, like, the black, whatever, coming between them. I was definitely, like, 
the separation. They're like, I'll find a way back to you or whatever. There's definitely plenty of romance in this series. So you don't need to worry too much about that specific relationship not working out potentially. But there's other (laughs) stuff that goes down. With Rand too, this is... And this, I feel like this is literally going to sound stupid, but by the time I finished the last episode, I still was like, so he's the dragon? Yeah. Am I right? I literally was like, I yeah. think he's the dragon, but I don't know that he's the dragon. Well, like it's, this it's is still my, very ambiguous yeah, to me. This is my biggest critique. That last episode, everyone is supposed to go together to the eye of the world. And then basically he's supposed to show this like amazing force of power that you i mean there's just no doubt that it's like he's special wait so they did not stay back to protect the city no no none of that happens in the book i cannot imagine why they would do that then and also the thing that annoyed me is that like all the stuff that they use throughout like I don't even if, know if you even noticed, but they found like a horn or like a box underneath the the throne. They were like digging it up. And like he uses a little statue to like channel his power or whatever. And then there's some other stuff. They're supposed to find that at the eye of the world. Huh. Like, like it's like completely different. I've, I... Again, to be in the writer's room and for me to understand, because especially by the end of the eighth book or eighth episode, the yeah. the uh, naive is you know super powerful, which I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed her storyline a lot. Her, you know, she's holding hands with uh, Gwen and the, some of the other um, women who had the ability to channel. Like it was it was very powerful, but what was the point? <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand it because. They need to show, like, how dangerous the power can be, even for, like, Aes Sedai. Like, if you channel too much, you really can kill yourself or or still yourself. Like, more likely than killing yourself, you literally burn out the ability to channel anymore. But, like, it was silly that, like, okay, all of a sudden Nynaeve, who's, or, or Egwene, who, like, can't, like, is Listen. barely trained, like, brings my name basically back from the dead. I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, whenever at one point Perrin is um, being like tortured and Egwene <laughs> can like not even yes. do anything. So, and that was like maybe two, three episodes back. So she goes right. from she can't save a one of her best friends yeah. who is being like, you know, tortured to suddenly has like. And it also, it's showing other people are dying with, like, lesser powers. So it's kind of, like, really sh- distinguishing, like, she's powerful, Nynaeve is powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I was also kind of like, huh? Okay. What's, you were in romance. You were annoyed by Perrin kind of being, like, dull and then Matt being annoying. So that makes sense. I would say my least favorite storyline is Perrin. Um, but I still really like him in the books. It's definitely more fleshed out his like whole relationship with the wolves and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's... what they did not touch on that hardly at all. Like he literally gets a different no. eye color, and yeah. the wolves let him walk by at one point, and that was kind of it. And I was like, right. And nobody, if I was like, if I was a Gwen, the first thing I'd be blaring and telling every friend of mine is, hold right. on, 
one of you know because when they get on like when she kind of picks mm-hmm. them up Lorraine and what's the guy's name the warder Lan. when they kind of pick him up they kind of tell him like oh like one of you probably is the dragon I don't even know if they even say that you all have a power they're just kind of like you're born at like a special time we know it's one of you right but they begin to all showcase unique special um and powerful gifts and like nobody's bragging or cares about it and that to me i'm like excuse me y'all all all thought you're playing james up until a month ago and now you're doing insane awesome things so to me i'm like (laughs) not enough not enough um tooting their own horn yeah they kind of slip it in at the very beginning that like they're all taviran so all the boys are supposed to be taviran which is like Basically, the whole premise of Wheel of Time is that the wheel turns and, like, certain things are, like, repeated over time. Like, souls are, like, reborn and things play out over and over again. And then each each turn of the wheel, like, they there's destiny involved, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, there's all these prophecies because they know, even though that the dragon in the past destroyed the world whenever he's reborn again he will save the world etc etc and to Viren, it's almost like fate moves around them and if they are if they're nearby like crazy stuff starts happening like i think it's in the first book where because rand and matt are like traveling through like everywhere they go like people start getting married or like um like you know water starts like pouring from a well that's been dry for a thousand years or whatever i mean it's just like weird little things because they have a direct effect on other people's lives it's like they get sucked in um so (laughs) my favorite character is nynaeve um, I love all of the Aes Sedai stuff. That's what like sells me on Wheel of Time. And it's so interesting. She is so stubborn and bossy and mean to like the most extreme in the book. And then at some point, like later down the line, she like, I mean, she just has this a great character arc where she really has to figure out who she really is and what she wants and all that stuff. That is so interesting to me because, like, the words that, based on the show, that I would use to describe her is, like, loyal and, like, a an amazing friend. Like, she literally gets, we, we think she, you know, the first right. episode, we think she's, di- like, dead. And then, like, she has, like, tracked them the whole time mm-hmm. to try to, like, save her friends kind of thing. And I was just like, wow, like, what a, well, what and, a great person. And she and goes to bat for she is all of those things, but she also, like, does things like she hates Moraine in the books. Hates her. Blames her for everything that goes wrong and can't see past the fact that, like, she's not wisdom of the village anymore. Does that make sense? What What do you mean? In the sense that she's just, she's grieving her? Yeah, it's like, oh, none of this would, would have ever happened if Moraine oh, um, and, like, stolen you guys all away. But in reality, you're like, honey, you know that that's not true. If she right. hadn't weren't done the, that. Weren't the Trollocs literally coming in like this yes. killing everybody in their village yes. that just died anyways? Totally, totally. More, our Nynaeve is like a perfect example of a really unhealthy type two on the Enneagram where she will like serve 
she loves very deeply but she feels like a martyr and she also like really struggles with just like pure outrage there are several times in the series where she literally gets in like physical fights with people and like like, jumps on some girl and like beats her (laughs) or gets her own tail whooped listen she's like i am here for the people i love i will will stand and support a a key ingredient of my name which they really haven't explored yet is that she can't she's like the most powerful i said i she can't even channel if she's not angry like if she's afraid if she's sad anything like that she can't touch the source at all like she has to be pissed like it's it's very interesting i'm trying to remember whenever they were whenever they were stuck in the Oh, it was like the little like goat man helped him, helped him open it. That little like go between. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. How did they yes. end up getting out of there? Who was it that used their power? Um, was so, it Nynaeve, Gwen, or Rand? Somebody used their power. It was basically you find out that like Rand did um to like get rid of that trollic or, but yeah, to get into the ways you have to be a nice guy. So basically, I think in the books, and Moraine lets them in and lets them out. But you don't even you don't even need the power to open the portal. There's like literally like a key on it that you use. So that's like how the Trollocs are in there to begin with. Like you don't need. Uh, yeah. Okay, that I, makes more we more could sense. Guess, we could go so in the weeds on all of this. Like, <laughs> it really is. One what I was going to say is for me, something that totally threw me off. Like I said, all the people, like, you know, they're all kind of getting their special powers. You kind of wondering, like, what's going on with each one of them. They all kind of begin to, like, bloom and blossom. What? I don't even remember the guy's name. I just call him the goat man. But that little guy. Loyal. And he should be gigantic, by the way. What was his name? His Lo- name is Loyal. Loyal? Loyal, yes. Oh, oh. Did not recall that. <laughs> but Loyal, like, you know, he's looking over Rand and he's like, Oh, you're you're a redhead. You're the perfect build. And like he identifies him as some like specific warrior or whatever. So I had like totally pigeonholed that like that was his thing. What? And that was another thing that really threw me off. So I was like, Oh, he is this in addition to being like the most powerful um uh, male yeah and most destructive i don't know i was just kind of like okay he, he was holding a lot of little uh the, wearing a lot of little hats they didn't drop enough breadcrumbs throughout the series like like i said you know from the very beginning like there's and rand knows like rand is struggling this whole time because he's like crap like this weird stuff keeps happening but this isn't possible like it can't be me type of thing and in the show i feel like they hit it so well <laughs> That it was like the big reveal was just like, oh, okay, so you just basically went back and like added CGI to these scenes. And so now I'm seeing them differently, you know? I, yeah, no, I will say I do strongly agree with that. Where it's like they, they, like I said, from someone that doesn't know the storyline, I really was like, I guess he is the dragon. Yeah. Because I do remember there was like one line where he was like, I, I remember being here in another life or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Sure. I, I guess that works. <laughs> no, it's about as clear as mud and they didn't have to make it so shady. They could have done things to me cuz the the first book is like the most straightforward plot of all of them. After you get past the first book, you've got like nine characters to keep up with. 
Um, my other favorite is Rand. He is really very interesting in the books. He has a really great character arc where he goes from like little sweet farm boy to this like ultimate kind of warrior. And then there's this whole edge to Rand where he knows that no matter what, he's going to lose his freaking mind. Like, there's no way for him to escape this fate without completely, like, shedding everything. Does that make sense? Like, he knows he's going to save the world in some way, but he also knows he's probably going to die doing it or possibly hurt a lot of people. And it's very, like, there's a lot of mind games that happen and lots of character development that happens. And it's just really good. Well, um, in the in the sense that he, like, it's, you know, they really went in heavy with, like, he is crazy about a Gwen. And that whole thing, like, it made sense to me in the, you know, whenever the dark one or, like, is trying to, like, win him over to his side, like, the dark side. You know, he shows, like, what he really wants. And it's, like, him being a shepherd. Right. With a Gwen at his side and, like, a little baby. So, it's, like, he didn't have, like, these, like, huge ambitions. It was just, no. like, he's like, he, he really wanted like the simplistic. <laughs> he's a sweetie. I don't. And Aguine and him are net. <laughs> they're very uh, sexually active in the show, which is, like, kind of silly because there are other women that come into his life later and it's like very clear that he does love Egwene but they have more of like a brother sister relationship at the end of the day does that make sense and I know what they're it, doing I mean I know what you're talking about but according yeah. to the show no it doesn't make sense no <laughs> so they're like really trying to like hype this up and I think it will be fine like it it will be fine but it's still like watching it as someone that reads the books i'm like okay like it's a stretch i don't think this is gonna be a big spoiler because the show really goes into it so you don't like how much you love nani i i was positive that lorraine was with land because one (laughs) it's the warder asada relationship two there's like a a big scene where they're like in the hot tub and I there was there was definitely like some sexual tension going on so I just was like oh like they're together but then you're definitely like it's unraveling like right that he likes Nynaeve that she kind of likes him but they're both hesitant and like I think even like it talks a bit about how he's like the relationship between the Asada is like so special and unique and like you know at one point another Asada dies and like her warder eventually like commits suicide because it's like it was that intense of a relationship and like that much of a loss I, and so you ended up telling me that like oh however far along you were like yeah they're still not together yet and in the show <laughs> they're literally having sex episode five and I'm like so huh? <laughs> I it's like that's the only way they know how to like make people have relationship or chemistry I don't know it's so they, silly it doesn't even show anything either I know. so it's like no, it seriously. totally like the, the show doesn't show anything so it totally could have went without the it it all you know isn't it usually even better for you if it's like a slow burn oh 100%. I love a slow burn I mean I, and and Lan and Nynaeve would be the perfect like they are the slowest little burn in the books that like it would have been great to see like a really magical first kiss like a couple seasons from now and you know 
even think about it like this. If they really just were like bound and determined that we're going to throw some sex in there, Perrin is going through a traumatic yeah. time. Let him literally bang his way through all these different, la- and, you know, and Seriously. then later go and have some remorse. Or Matt, I mean, Matt, like the bad boy. There yeah. is some options here that doesn't have to be the two of them. So that to me is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. But I, I digress. And I have to be critical of the way they do show warders. Like, I feel like it was like watching it with my husband who is not familiar with the books he like did not understand why like why are warder like why are warder special why aren't they going crazy if they're using the power and blah, 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 blah. and it's like okay they're not really using the power they're like blessed by the Aes Sedai basically and like linked to them but I mean, there are some people in the show or in the books that like have relationships with their warders. It's, but like at the end of the day, it's like having like a really close bodyguard. I mean, that's what they are. They're their bodyguards and they're linked to them in a way that it's like you can sense them, but it's like for your safety. Does that make sense? It sounds like a demon from um, the Golden right. Compass, but like, or like with a- the ability to fight. It's like if your big brother also could sense that you were, like, in trouble. Like, had, like, a spidey sense for it. You know? And then there's specifically the green Aja, and then they sometimes have, like, relationships with their warders. Okay, so did they have a relationship? The one that died? Because um, I, I did not get that vibe. Not, they weren't even in the books. Like that oh, okay. was just like a okay. that was. Not I don't. I don't think line. they do didn't have a relationship. That was not the vibe that it gave off. No, but which is even more why. But but I I assume that he like died just to kind of showcase like okay, this is how special their relationships are. This right. is how close they are. The um, warder would take it really hard. He wouldn't kill himself. There's no way. Interesting. I no. I, you you mentioned how you enjoyed the magic. That to me, I mean, like, there's something so fun to me about like fantasy and magic that I I kind of love that. So whenever they the guy that they as first um, assumed was the dragon is in mm-hmm. the you know he's being held and it's taken all of like the most powerful Asadai to hold him back. That kind of stuff. I'm like, yes, I love to see it. Like, use your mental lasso and like <laughs> rope this man in. Like, those are the kind of scenes that I really, I really did like. Like, I, I love the, I don't know, fantastical yeah. element. And if you're into that, and you can carve out, you know, hundreds of hours this year, then maybe you should do books. <laughs> because that's like a really, really interesting part of the books, and they're so good. They really are so good. I could commit easier if, like, every book wasn't, like, 40 hours. Ooh, I, they feel, are. It's just, like, the level of daunting that feels towards me. There's, not, like, 20 hours. Though, even a 20-hour book, if I know I'm going to love it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. And I, 40 hours? I Ooh. can't tell you that all 40 hours are, like, going to grip you and hold you. Like, there has been – okay, so I've read five books – there was like one book in particular where there was a solid, I mean, several chapters where I was like, yeah, I, you know that I'm a ride or die for my series. Like, I will make it through. But I'm just like, come on. Like, this is not important. He is very detailed in, and it's not like he's 
it's not like Hamnet where she's describing every leaf on every single tree and all the scents. It's more like, let me tell you all of the lore. Let me build up all of the ancient rot. Let, let's go back hundreds of years to explain right. one principle. Exactly. Listen, and that's where I'm like, okay, this is how, this is also why I've struggled with Tolkien as a teenager. This is why I'm a skim. I'm a skimmer and stuff like that because I'm sorry. If it's not interesting to me, I don't want to devote my time to it. So I would much rather like zip, you know, look, yes. uh, like one of the there's reasons enough, I love. There's enough excitement. It doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. Right. So you can just kind of bypass when it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think any other awesome points, low points, fun points. Um, You know, a high point for me is that I do feel like the cast is pretty solid. I like who they, I like the way the girls are portrayed. I feel like you see that like Egwene is an eager beaver. Like she really wants to learn and really wants to like be an Aes Sedai. And like, she's super, like she is, you know, really complimentary of Moraine. You see that Nynaeve is more like loyal and standoffish and just wants to go home. And like all of these things are working out for me, even though Perrin, was never married in the book by the way they're all like 17 in the book shut up you're lying <laughs> I'm not given that's this whole that's the whole that's the I whole story know. yeah i don't know why they did that i mean i do they try to give him a little bit more pathos i guess but at the end of the day they could have done that by just hyping up the wolf thing some more they I, wait i to me no i don't get that because that was his whole thing is that yeah. he's grieving through the death of his Oh, that's right whole, and then it, whole, it never happens like never happens. literally probably 15 minutes out of the eight hours of show is literally him grieving his wife yeah oh my gosh oh, yeah. well i'm just like this is okay. stupid i don't understand and again they aged them all up i mean they're supposed to be like 17 i don't mind the asian i mean to me yeah. they, they say like well, still early 20s so it's not yeah. like you know like if you put them at 30 i'm gonna have to slap that down but right. it, it feels they feel young and believable enough yeah. um kind of like you said they're all they're they're kind of all excitable and like uh-huh yeah i i there's like okay tom Marilyn, who's like the gleeman that they meet He's like a very integral character, and I know he's going to come back. But like, I wish there was like a little bit more of him in the show. He was just kind of a blip there for a minute. Oh, the um, the guy dressed in white that collected. No, well, no, no, I know. No, no, I know who you're talking about. I'm saying I. Yes, I enjoyed the man dressed in white that, uh-huh. that, that collected all the rings. I can cannot yeah. remember anything about what his title was. <laughs> There was something about the like children of the light that was yes the the poacher guy mm-hmm. something about those scenes to me that were one they really creeped me out but it was that's the kind of gritty like you know him like eating that chicken and like like I feel like they did a good job with the children of the light they they're kind of combining a couple characters in that guy and I'm fine with it because yes they definitely hit the right tone there that was. I, I think maybe that is a, a um, some of my personal criticism is it's not it's it's a tiny bit too um, it's not mature enough in the 
How do I want to say this? I don't know. I guess I just felt like like he did. It was like a good like the Trollocs to me. Whenever I see the, the what the Trollocs are portrayed as, mm-hmm. they don't really read as scary. More as like <laughs> weird, creepy, extraterrestrial. Right. You know what I mean? Or like he like even though he was a human. He had the aura around him, like having like right. you know, you, you see him like putting the women at the stakes. Like it really felt like a villain. Although yeah. he was an easily defeated villain, he felt like a um, yeah, just some somebody to be fearful of. And I felt like they didn't, or I didn't fear fearful of other people. Even like the did you even fear the dark one? That's what I was fixing to say. I know there's yeah. not enough. So one key element I think they could have done to like raise the stakes and then keep you guessing still about who the dragon is because here's a little like tidbit the dra- like the dark one didn't even know who the dragon was. So throughout the first book all three of those guys are having dreams and they're really creepy dreams featuring the dark one and featuring like this guy who's like face is on fire and like they'll like he they'd have a dream about like him like torturing a rat and killing a rat and they wake up and there's like a rat like dead in front of them or something like that you know what i mean where it's like this eeriness and they're trying to like kind of keep it from moraine and keep it from everybody else because they don't want anyone to think that they're the dragon and i guess there's like a scene or two where that happens but it's it's kind of bypassed quickly because it's kind of like what you're saying. It's like, oh, we don't want to tell right. anybody. So it's right. like brushed um, under the rug, very like within like a, you know, yeah, I feel a like quick there, episode. There could have been a way to weave that in a little more. And again, I just feel like they get the stakes wrong. Like you just don't get how serious it is in a lot of situations and how desperate it is. I, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, you know what, here's exactly what happened for me. I watched this series. I called my grandma up and said, grandma, you're going to love this. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> turned this on because for, for me and her, just like you're saying, it's clean enough. It's, um, it's not like a scary or over the top. It's a little bit right. cheesy, but still good. And like, I still like the base premise of everything that's going on that like it was like the to me it was like a perfect thing like i don't know if if that if that says very much but it was just like exactly what i could imagine somebody like her enjoying right and i i mean i'm gonna be honest i feel like i'm pretty good at just enjoying something for what it is like I'm not the kind of person that rewatches the Harry Potter movies every year. I probably haven't seen half of them since I saw them in the theater. But I was able to enjoy them when they came out, even though they're not the books. You know what I mean? Like, I was such a huge Potter fan. Like, Daniel Radcliffe is not Harry Potter to me, but I still enjoyed watching the movies. I didn't feel the same way about this. I, I was pretty actively disappointed <laughs> in this show i can see why it would get the most premiered but 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 d- taper off after that like yeah. i said for me it was for me i and i the second the second season comes out i will make graham like sit down and watch it with me every <laughs> thursday night but yeah i can definitely see why it's not everybody's cup of tea not maybe not fast-paced enough yeah. maybe a little too dorky and a little too um 
It's still very fantasy. Yeah. If you don't like fantasy, then you would not like this at all. Right. But I don't know. It still hits a lot of high points for me. Can you believe that there are people that don't like fantasy? That is what blows my mind. You know, one of our friends that listens to the podcast <laughs> told me she doesn't read any, like, doesn't oh, read anything no. but nonfiction. And I was literally like, all jaw dropping like you're this is a lie this can't be true because yeah i could it could never be me i love it's hard it's i had to literally force myself to read nonfiction. i'm like okay i need to you know read a little nonfiction now me crawling through more than a body like i am the stopgap in this whole operation here i'm like i guess i'll read a couple chapters Speaking of, get ready for a um, fun episode. Quotations around fun. But hopefully at least intriguing <laughs> and thought-provoking. About More Than a Body by Lizzie Cott and another Cott? I think they're Lexi and Lindsay. Oh, dang it. So close. By two L kites. Yeah. <laughs> In a future episode. I don't, know, I don't know if that will come out before or after this episode. Oh, I think this will definitely come out I think this is coming out while you're on maternity leave. That's true. You guys, if you're listening to this, I'm officially five days over. I did have a couple of contractions earlier. But they're super sporadic. And I'm like, girl, you need to either check in in the next hour and a half or keep it parked for 24 hours. Listen, I'm not having this baby tomorrow. Tomorrow is my <laughs> twin's fourth birthday, but even more importantly, Kippen's 10th <laughs> anniversary. The baby's like, I want to come in on a very important uh, day. I could I could share my anniversary. My poor little twin niece and nephew already have to share a birthday. They don't need to share it with a baby cousin, too. I know. I told you earlier how my <laughs> other niece was supposed to be born tomorrow, but because of some family illnesses she will be pushed back so yeah i am eagerly awaiting both of my nieces um Ugh. imminent arrival within the next yeah. year anybody that watches the show you're going to enjoy it um i feel unless like like you said unless just like fantasy is not your thing just you gotta watch that first episode and i'm still looking for my people over on instagram if you're a wheel of time girl <laughs> let me know I, it's actually been a huge thing for me. My friend Aria, who I've known since like the 11th grade, she loves Wheel of Time. Oh, you know what? Steph has read Wheel of Time and she loves the show. Really? Okay. I haven't we, we need to hit, about. Yes, we, we need to hit her up on this. Yeah, I want to know what she felt about the finale, though. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm on a 1%. I'm afraid we're going to lose this episode. So, <laughs> ta ta for now. Bye. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds so-